dramatically that's come down to 5.3% for Italy and 5.5% for Spain. So a huge move in the borrowing costs for these two countries, thanks to the European Central Bank's intervention, buying up their bonds. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Jacob Goldstein. Today's Tuesday, August 9th, and that was market analyst Louise Cooper you heard at the top. She works for the global brokerage firm BGC Partners. Today on the podcast, we find the answer to a decades-long mystery, why a very big bridge got built in the wrong place. The story has a forensic engineer, the Statue of Liberty, and a governor who wanted to be an opera singer. But first, David, let me give you the Planet Money indicator. Today's Planet Money indicator is... 2.37%. The yield on 10-year U.S. Treasury bonds, that's the interest rate the government has to pay to borrow money for 10 years, it's 2.37% today. And yeah, I know that I keep using Treasury rates as the indicator. I keep coming back to it. But I really think that the interest rate on Treasury bonds is super interesting this summer. You know, first there was the whole debt ceiling thing, and I talked about it then. And then now, of course, just a few days ago, Standard & Poor's downgraded the United States credit rating. That's basically S&P saying we're slightly less confident now that the U.S. is going to be able to pay its debts in the long term. And yes, of course, the stock market has been going down this week. But S&P, they were not talking about the stock market. They were really talking about bonds. They were talking about U.S. bonds. And what happened to the interest rate on U.S. government bonds this week? The interest rate actually went down. Investors are actually more eager to lend money to the U.S. government now than they were before the downgrade. And, you know, on one level, this is not terribly surprising. S&P did not have any inside information. It was just voicing its opinion based on facts that are available to everyone. And, you know, David, as we talked about on the podcast the other day, most Treasury bonds are held by these big institutions that do their own research, make their own decisions, and don't pay that much attention to the rating agencies. But, you know, still, given all the headlines over the weekend about how the downgrade might lead to higher borrowing costs for the U.S., I do think it's worth pointing out that at least for now, the government's borrowing costs have actually gone down. Thank you, Jacob. Sure. Our story today starts with a question my girlfriend's dad asked me one day over brunch. His name is Steve Kagan. And I have to say the question, when I heard it, it seemed a little bit like a conspiracy theory to me. You can hear me okay? I can. All right. Steve, you remember when we went out to brunch here in New York City? I do. Do you remember you asked me a question about a bridge? About a bridge? About a bridge. No, I don't remember. I can't believe you don't remember. Oh, about the Tappan Zee Bridge. <laughs> the Tappan Zee Bridge, yeah. Do you remember what you right. said? I said that, to my knowledge, the Tappan Zee Bridge was built across the single widest point in the, in the entire uh, course of the Hudson River, which seemed bizarre to me because it seemed like it would add so much to construction costs. So there might be other motives. But when that bridge was built, which I think was when I was in high school, there was just lots of talk on the street about that this was just evidence of corruption, that the bridge should be built right at that particular spot. Do you remember what I said to you? I said, well, maybe there was a reason. Maybe they built it there because the river was shallowest where it was widest. So it made engineering sense. Yeah, you said something like that. And I always grant that there may be lots of engineering reasons that I know nothing about. 
All right, so after we talked, I made one phone call and then another and then another and then another. Since then, I've been trying to figure out the answer. Have you really? And I think I have the answer. What's the answer? <laughs> Come on, man. That is a totally cheap trick to open the podcast with a cliffhanger like that. I'll get to it, man. In my defense, it does kind of take a whole podcast to explain. Okay, so let's do it. So the Tappan Zee Bridge, it's this very long bridge across the Hudson River, a little bit north of New York City. I've driven across it a bunch of times. You, I'm sure, have driven across it a bunch of times. It's it's not some relic. It's this big, high-traffic bridge. After Steve posed that question, I looked at a map. Here, Here's a map, Jacob. And it does look pretty ridiculous. The bridge is at one of the widest parts of the river. I mean, in fact, if the bridge had been built just slightly further south... It gets a lot narrower. It'd be much easier to build the bridge there. Yeah, you would never look at a map of the Hudson River and point to the spot where the Tappan Zee is and say, "Oh yeah, let's build a bridge right here." <laughs> Remember, my idea was that maybe it made engineering sense to build it there. So one of my first calls was to an engineer. I found this guy Robert Hintersteiner. He's a forensic engineer who lives near the bridge, and he said, "Yeah, come on up. I'll show you the bridge." I hadn't driven over the Tappan Zee in a few years. I was kind of excited to see it. See, this is the bridge here. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll just pull up there. We'll take a... You get yourself a feeling for it. Okay. So we get out. It's really windy. We're standing there on the banks of the Hudson River, looking up at this giant bridge. And up close, it seems even more absurd. We see the superstructure. That's all steel work. That is a long bridge. 3.2 miles. <laughs> yes, it is. As an engineer, where would you build this bridge? Uh, personally, I would build it the narrowest point, <laughs> but not the longest point. How narrow is the narrowest point? One mile. Hintersteiner told me that my idea that maybe it made engineering sense to build there it is just wrong. He says there is no engineering reason to build it here. It is, in fact, a really crappy place to build a bridge, especially such a long one. When you got a bridge that long... You can't just anchor it to the rock on either side of the river. you got to sink some supports down in the middle of the river, and it's pretty mucky down there. They had to do this tricky thing where you hold up the bridge in the middle on these floating supports. And Hintersteiner says there's even more alarming news about the bridge because of its length and the way it was built. It needs a lot of maintenance. In fact, now if it doesn't get some repairs eventually, it could collapse. It's going to happen, I figure, sometime... 2021, 20, July, something like that. July? That's pretty specific. July 14th? <laughs> no, 30th. It's not a Friday night. <laughs> I'm just guessing. It's, it's, it's part of a novel I'm writing on it. Wait a minute, David. A novel, he says. I, like, I was with this guy, right? Forensic engineer. Okay, I totally believe him. But now it turns out he's a fiction writer. He's a guy who, who makes things up as a hobby for a living or something. Look, if everyone has one novel in him, this is his novel. This is a guy obsessed with the bridge who also wants to write a book. It's called The Tappan Zee. My editor working on this is um, saying I have to change the title. I wrote 100 pages. I said I need three, 400 pages, so I'm rewriting the whole thing. And I have to put sex in it. I have to put violence. I have to put conspiracy. I have to do all this thing. In. But with, in laced in that is the history of the bridge. Talking to Hintersteiner made the Tappan Zee even more mysterious. Not only was it in the wrong place, but its location kind of sealed its fate. He points down the river. He says, look at the George Washington Bridge. That one, which is older than the Tappan Zee Bridge, it is doing fine because the river is just like a mile across. They anchored it in rock on both sides. The Tappan Zee is not in such good shape. If they built this at a narrower part 
of the river, would we be in this mess? No. Due to the fact that they would hit solid rock. David, let me just jump in here and say it's not just this one engineer slash novelist who is saying this. The government is actually officially looking at replacing the bridge and doing that could cost $6 billion. In calling around, I heard various conspiracy theories about why the bridge wasn't built somewhere more sensible. One was that Nelson Rockefeller didn't want it to spoil the view from his estate. That seems not to be true. To answer the question, I went to the one book. Yes, a book, an actual book. 2,000 pages long that I figure it's got to have the answer to this question in it. Oh, it's the Encyclopedia of New York State. This is Todd Ottman. He was assistant managing editor on the encyclopedia. He remembers when it came time to tackle the T's and the Tappan Zee entry because he grew up in the area and he'd always wondered about why the bridge seemed to be built in the wrong place. Always. Um, every day, actually, my bedroom window as a teenager, I'd get up in the morning and there was the bridge. Um, why is it there at one of the widest points in the river? So you, you thought about that question. Oh, every I mean, almost everyone brings this up when they're driving it over and who has some knowledge of the Hudson River. Like, why is it here? This seems insanity, you know. So the time came to write this encyclopedia entry, figure out the answer to this mystery, and they had a problem. We looked around who could write it. We couldn't find anybody. Um, but <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's a huge bridge. I mean, there aren't right. that many bridges, right? True, but we just <laughs> we couldn't find anybody. So Todd's boss turned to him and said, well, you do it. And Todd does what any historian would do. He starts to look back at some old newspaper articles. And when you read these old articles, you realize that the Tappan Zee Bridge was part of a much larger, very high-stakes project, the New York State Thruway, a long highway, hundreds of miles long. And at some point, it's got to cross the Hudson River. There's this critical crossing, and that is the Tappan Zee Bridge. This was a novel idea at the time, this new type of road that you could only get on and off of in certain places. I mean, this was a limited-access highway with no stoplights, that you could do high speeds on, that you had great, at least 1,000-foot sight distance. What we think of today as a modern highway, but back then, the idea that you could go that far without hitting an intersection or a traffic light, and you can just get up to speed and just keep driving. Right, right. That was sort of new and exciting. Yes, it didn't exist then. So this was revolutionary. And reading these old articles, the plot thickens, because it turns out there was a competing proposal to build a bridge at a much narrower spot just a few miles down the river. It was proposed by top bridge engineers with the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, kind of an independent entity, the folks who ended up building the George Washington Bridge and the Lincoln Tunnel. But this proposal died a mysterious death. Death? Why death? Not just death. It was it was murder. I can tell you who did it. From the clippings, it was the governor, Thomas E. Dewey. Dewey, who was almost president of the U.S. Dewey from that famous wrong newspaper headline, Dewey Defeats Truman. Yeah, same guy. And Tappan Zee Bridge was actually part of this much larger project, the New York State Thruway. And today, you know what the name of the New York State Thruway is? It is the Governor Thomas E. Dewey Thruway. Got named after him. Here, I actually found some tape of Governor Dewey talking about it. Construction contracts totaling $415 million. Oh, I should say this is Governor Dewey giving his annual address to the New York legislature back in 1954. In the summer of 1955, the throughway will span a new six-lane bridge across the Hudson River between Nyack and Terrytown and continue through Westchester County to the major Deegan Expressway in New York City. The completed throughway will be the world's greatest highway 
He really sounds like a governor there. Yeah, Dewey was known for his voice. Actually, he started out wanting to be an opera singer. Governor was like a backup career option for him or something. Anyway, we know there was this proposal by the Port Authority to build a bridge at a narrow spot in the river, and for some reason, Governor Dewey killed it. Here, I found the New York Times article from 1950 when it happened. So at the top of the article, there are a bunch of headlines, you know, the way newspapers used to run headlines all down the page. And, and it's super dramatic. And so I'll just read through them. It goes, port body gives in on throughway span, accedes to Dewey's orders, and will let the bridge be built wherever his engineers say. Governor hints secret, implies war-born construction idea will be used, and says all will be known soon. It's like the Wizard of Oz, you know. I, I know I was a little over the top reading it there, but like it is over the top, right? All will be known soon. Can you and imagine a headline today like Obama hints secret I says love it. all will be known. Yeah. So as this article lays it out, what Governor Dewey is saying basically is, look, I'm killing that other bridge idea. We're going to build the bridge instead at a really wide part of the river. Don't worry about how much it's going to cost or the engineering challenges. I have a secret technology we're going to use. So this is the implies war-born construction idea will be used. Yeah, it's a, the part where they end up floating the middle of the bridge to support it. Most unique feature of the bridge is the use of huge underwater boxes, eight in number, which rest on the river bottom at mid-channel and serve as buoyant foundations to support about 70% of the bridge's dead weight. Jacob, as I'm looking through this old material, Todd Ottman, the historian, wrote me, and he mentioned that he thought Thomas Dewey's son was still alive and living in New York. It was true, and I, I tracked him down. It turns out he works just around the corner from here. Your name is Thomas Dewey? Junior. Thomas E. Dewey, the governor, was your father. He was. Do you know, or did your dad ever talk about, why the Tappan Zee Bridge got built where it got built? No, I, 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 can't, I can't remember that it never came up at dinner or anything around the dinner table i mean i was you know i was a kid i was paying no attention to things like that at that point <laughs> david this is really a kind of a sad moment in the podcast he's like i've been with you so far i went to the bridge with you i went to dewey with you i feel like you found his son now i'm finally going to know the answer and I'm kind of I let, let down, down right yeah. now. I'm kind like, of... I, I did learn from Thomas Dewey Jr. that the throughway was a big point of pride, at least for him and the family. Thomas Dewey Jr. told me that he still to this day is upset when people don't call the throughway by its proper name. He has called up local radio stations when they are giving traffic reports. He calls them and he says, look, it's not the New York throughway. It is the Governor Thomas E. Dewey throughway. But nobody listens to him. Hearing from Dewey's son is a reminder that this little piece of history, this question you're trying to answer, David, it really happened pretty recently. Yeah, it's almost like some of these people might still be alive today who were involved. And I did find a historian who had interviewed some of the players in the 1980s before they died, and they gave him the answer. The historian's name is Jim Doig. My name is Jim Doig, and I'm a professor uh, emeritus at uh, Princeton University and currently also teaching at Dartmouth College. Doig says the reason why the Tappan Zee Bridge was built where it was, it's about money. The bridge, remember, is the centerpiece of this giant throughway highway project. And the tolls on the Tappan Zee Bridge were going to raise a lot of money. And Dewey needed that money to help pay for the rest of the throughway for hundreds of miles of road. And here's the catch. If he had built the bridge further south, Dewey wouldn't have got that toll revenue because the Tappan Zee Bridge would have been in Port Authority territory. The Port Authority's territory, weirdly, is defined as a big circle centered around, what else? 
the Statue of Liberty. Within a 25-mile radius of the Statue of Liberty. So if I take a, like a, a protractor like in a geometry class and I stick the point into the Statue of Liberty on the map and then That's I draw right. a circle 25 miles radius? That's right. It, it might hurt the statue a little bit, but yes, that would be a sacrifice worthwhile. Then you could see what the 25 miles are. Um, can, um, no, I'm, I'm picking the, the mic's really good. It picks up sort of paper shuffling. So, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's the map. I'm oh, it's the map. Oh, are you looking? You have the map there. I have a map right here. That's right. Otherwise, I might not know any of this. You see. <laughs> can you put your finger on the tap and Z? Oh yes, easily. Okay, do it. Could you hear that? I could. And then, how far above the Port Authority of New York line is that? About half a mile. <laughs> it's right there. Oh, yes, very much right there. <laughs> they could have run that line a little lower, and then it would have been easy for Dewey to have a much narrower area for his bridge. But as it was, he was stuck with a three-mile bridge. He was definitely stuck with a three-mile bridge, unless he wanted to go to a four-mile bridge. Jacob, the map is kind of amazing. Like, Port Authority territory ends right here, and then, like, just a smidge higher up is where he stuck the bridge. And, you know, Dewey was the governor, right? He was the boss of New York. You'd think he could build the bridge wherever he wanted to. But the Port Authority had been granted this monopoly in the region. In other words, only the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey could build bridges or tunnels within that 25-mile radius of the Statue of Liberty. And the Port Authority used that monopoly power to help it borrow money for bridges and tunnels. It could say, look, lend us money. We'll pay you back. You don't have to worry so much about it because no one else is going to be able to build a bridge or tunnel. The monopoly thing was even written into the bond, so it was very hard for the governor to get around. So the reason Dewey puts the bridge in this ridiculous place is if he had put it in what seems like the rational place, a few miles south where the river is much narrower, it would have been a Port Authority bridge. The Port Authority would have gotten all the money from the tolls, and Dewey would not have had the money to build this freeway, this throughway, that he thought was really important for the future of New York. So, so in that way, I mean, within this sort of crazy set of rules that Dewey was operating under, this for him was a rational choice. I should say this story about the bridge, it was one of the ones that was floating around out there, but I, I could not find a real reliable source for it until I talked to Jim Doig. And this story that you just heard is the story I told Steve Kagan over the phone, my girlfriend's dad, who started all this. Remember, he thought it was corruption, and I thought there might be some engineering reason. I feel vindicated. <laughs> yes, I think you won. It was not an engineering issue, certainly. And I feel vindicated in the sense that yeah, that it wasn't built there because it was a good place to build the bridge. That seemed pretty obvious. <laughs> I don't quite know who to be angry at, though, or who to blame. Well, can something be a bad idea even if there's nobody to blame for it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the folder I'll put this one in. A bad idea, but we don't know who to blame for it. That's probably a pretty big folder in the folder of life, huh? Of bad ideas but where there's no one <laughs> yeah. to actually blame. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I sort of like that. Let us know what you think. If you have a favorite story about a bridge or a road or building or something that seems to be put in the wrong place, we would love to hear from you. Email us, planetmoney at npr.org. Or leave us a comment on the blog at npr.org slash money. We'll post a map there where you can see that, yes, in fact, the Tappan Zee Bridge is at one of the widest spots on the Hudson River. 
Special thanks today to the librarians at the University of Rochester Department of Rare Books Special Collections, keepers of the Thomas E. Dewey papers. They found the audio of Governor Dewey that we used in the podcast today. I'm Jacob Goldstein. And I'm David Kestenbaum. Thank you for listening. It all and some-